Pharmacies historically have not invested in cybersecurity. Pharmacies do need to start having a look at this very closely. Yeah, some of the stats out there are quite frightening and there's evidence to suggest that someone falls victim to ransomware worldwide every 14 seconds, which is a staggering number. There's literally billions of phishing emails sent out every day, which is the main delivery mechanism for ransomware. Hi, I'm Andrew McManus, General Manager, Managed Services at Fred IT Group. And I'm Adam Smallhorn, Cyber Analyst for Combank's Cybersecurity Team and you're listening to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast. Welcome to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast, brought to you by the Pharmacy Guild of Australia. Focusing on pharmacy management and ownership, the PBCN podcast supports the improvement and growth of your business performance with insights and advice from a range of industry professionals. The PBCN podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. There's no question that digital technology is rapidly changing the business landscape. We are seeing a massive increase in emerging digital technologies within the health sector, and there are exciting opportunities for enhanced patient care and professional collaboration through digital platforms. But as we move toward a digital environment, it's vital for community pharmacy to be aware of cybersecurity. What exactly is cybersecurity and why is it so important? As we move more of our services to the cloud and are increasingly dependent on the internet, the obligation to protect health data is critical. Unfortunately, that data has value to cyber criminals who are every second of the day looking for vulnerabilities to exploit. Here today to discuss cybersecurity risks and issues and some of the actions you can take to protect your business are Andrew McManus from Fred IT Group and Adam Smallhorn from Commonwealth Bank of Australia. Adam and Andrew, welcome to the show and thanks for joining us today. Obviously, one of the biggest themes of 2020 has been the shift to digital working environments or the acceleration of that. And we're seeing so many amazing technologies and platforms enter the health sector. As trusted professionals, pharmacists are obviously dealing with really sensitive and private information on a daily basis. And I'm sure you'll agree that as the industry moves towards the adoption of more digital platforms and technologies, there needs to be a real and proper conversation around cybersecurity and how businesses can ensure that the information that they deal with daily stays safe and secure. So Adam, we'll start with you. Can you give us a bit of a rundown on what exactly, let's set the scene, cybersecurity is and why it is so important these days? Yeah, I think a lot of people think of the movies and they see the hackers hacking into the mainframe and you know, I, I always like to think of Tom Cruise hanging from a thread, Mission Impossible, hanging from a wire, hacking to the mainframe. Uh, and people just have this idea that cybersecurity is this thing that happens to banks, it happens to big business, governments, other people, not me, not us, not us. The reality is every single day at the bank, we would see small to medium businesses being affected by cybersecurity in, in massive ways. And it's either they lose thousands of dollars um, or they lose sensitive, you know, customer information, or their systems are disabled and they can't do their work for, for weeks or, or months at a time. And it costs millions, you know, hundreds and uh, to hours and, and, and money to resolve. And what we what we find is that all of, when this happens to businesses, they are woefully unprepared. Uh, people have been sticking their head in the sand, um, and they haven't been prepared for dealing with this. But the, the really nice news is you don't need to boil the ocean when it comes to cybersecurity. Um, it's a really like that story of there's the bear um, that's chasing 
chasing you. You don't need to outrun the bear. You just need to outrun the other people. And a few small things can put you in, in prime position well, for that bear outrunning race. I love that analogy. And Andrew, no doubt, let's bring you into the conversation because I'm sure you've got some thoughts to add there as well. I can't stress enough and agree with Adam that the threat is real. Unfortunately, we do see pharmacies falling victim to, to cybercrime on a regular basis. From what we see and the stats that we've looked at, you know, and as, as Adam mentioned, small businesses probably make up at least close to 50% of all cyber attacks. So it's not just a big business problem. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, uh, pharmacy is a trusted profession. Uh, we, it has a standing in the community um, that has been well earned over many years. Um, and customers do have an expectation that their data will be kept safe. Um, you know, in addition to that, that customer expectation, there's the legal uh, and industry obligations, uh, things like the notifiable data breach scheme and the QCPP. Um, and with the recent introduction of e-prescriptions and, and real-time monitoring, uh, it, it is more important than ever to, to be cyber secure. Adam, let's move back to you. It's clear that cybersecurity is not just an issue for the big banks or government departments. As you mentioned, lots of small businesses have been affected and every small business should be starting to think about the risks and how they can protect against those risks. In the health sector, there's obviously the combined obligation to protect not only the business itself, but also the confidential patient data for our listeners today, what are some of the cyber risks that they should be aware of as pharmacists and pharmacy owners? Yeah, you've put it in a really good way and framed it really well. Essentially, cyber criminals are after, generally speaking, one of two things. They're either after your money um, or they're after your data. And I do a lot of works uh, with a lot of businesses, a lot of segments, and a lot of charities say, oh, why are people attacking us? We're out there helping the community. It's your money is as good as anyone's else's. And the conversely, where the big banks might have a lot of protection, um, often it's a lot easier to attack smaller organisations, smaller businesses, and, and they can make quite a tidy profit out of that. So if, if I were running a pharmacy, some of the things that would be on my radar that you know could be in my threat model, um, ransomware is a huge thing we're seeing these days. And I, I know we, we absolutely will talk about that. Email payment fraud business email compromise, and then data breaches. And these are some of the just the 20% of cyber attacks that affect 80% of organizations. You're right. Let's talk about ransomware. Andrew, how do you see ransomware impacting pharmacies in particular? It's tough. There's no two ways about it. For everybody out there that has lived through a ransomware attack and, and their customers that we have dealt with and, and we speak to, you know what it feels like. It's It's not very nice. It's a very scary thing to happen. But for others that haven't yet had that experience, just imagine for a second, you're in the middle of a, of a busy morning. Um, you've got customers queuing up for scripts. You've got deliveries arriving. Um, you've got your staff out the back putting through their orders. Um, well, all of a sudden, you lose access to your data. Or in some cases, um, your computers altogether are, are, are locked out. Um, you know, that can be very stressful even for a short time. But imagine if, if that was forever in the sense of, of losing access to your data. Um, and unfortunately, we have seen pharmacies um, lose their dispense and pause data in its entirety and have to start again um, completely from a blank database. So just you know, think think through how stressful that would be. Um, not to mention the the financial cost. Um, being ransomware, um, you're quite often asked to pay thousands of dollars to get it back. Um, there's the simple IT costs in you know removing the malware, rebuilding PCs, reinstalling software. Um, a lot of that information, customer data, if it's gone forever, has to be re-entered manually. So that's an extremely time-consuming 
um, piece of work. Um, and of course, the customer's walking out the door. I mean, that's the last thing you want is, is a, a customer walking out the door to the pharmacy across the road. Uh, and we believe that's probably the biggest cost and the biggest risk is, is the reputational damage, uh, particularly if it's a notifiable data breach. Um, and in some cases, we're even aware of staff resigning. It was such a, a stressful situation for the, for the business overall. Um, staff have actually um, left to find a, a job somewhere else. Wow, it does sound very stressful and scary and can be a situation where all that trust that pharmacists and pharmacies have spent so long building up and that standing that they have in the community can, as you said, just see people walk out the door and and go to a competitor. So let's spend a little bit more time talking about it. Let's stay with you, Andrew, and on ransomware because I'm interested to know a bit more about it, go a bit deeper and know exactly what it is because I'm sure there are people out there who think, and as Adam said before, oh, I've heard of that happening, but surely it won't happen to me. And I'm I'm sure you'll all say yes to the question, do pharmacy owners need to start considering their security response? So as such, what are some of the consequences that can arise from ransomware attacks, especially in the context of a pharmacy? Pharmacies do need to start having a look at this very closely. Uh, some of the stats out there are quite frightening, and um, you know there's evidence to suggest that someone falls victim to ransomware worldwide every 14 seconds, which is a staggering number. Uh, there's literally billions of phishing emails sent out every day, which is the main delivery mechanism for for ransomware. Uh, and as we've talked about, pharmacies historically have not invested in cybersecurity. You know, many simply rely on on things like antivirus. And um, a little bit of an analogy for you is that I like it, I like an AV to a lock on your pharmacy door. You know, 30 years ago, you know, a lock was really all that you needed and all that you had. Um, today, it's commonplace to have a back-to-base alarm, you know, live security company uh, cameras, and in some cases, uh, even a, a security company on call. Um, you know, cybersecurity is no different. You need more than AV. Um, you need to understand that uh, your health data has tremendous value on the dark web, unfortunately. In, in some cases, it's, it's even more valuable than, than financial data because whilst credit cards can be cancelled, um, sensitive health data, once it falls into the wrong hands, it, it's out there forever. Um, and ransomware is a really effective way for cyber criminals to get their hands on, on that data and, and, and that money. So, so what is it? Look, it's essentially, it's a type of malware um, that's downloaded onto your PC and, and it holds you to ransom. Um, as I mentioned, it, it's downloaded via a phishing email, which is a, a fake email that tricks you into clicking on a link, which tr- triggers that download. Um, the more common type of ransomware we see encrypts your data um, or potentially locks you out of your PC entirely. Uh, a message pops up on your screen, uh, alerting you to the fact that uh, your data has been encrypted. Um, it's rushing you. It's trying to say, you've got to do this quickly. You have a very limited time to, to pay. It includes instructions on, on what you need to do. And in some cases, we've actually seen a, uh, a help number where you know, people can call and uh, request assistance because they're not quite sure how to, how to get some bitcoins or, or how to pay because they're not very IT savvy in the first place. Um, and we've actually seen an increase of, of this since COVID-19 has hit. Um, and unfortunately, it, recently we've seen individual pharmacies and groups um, hit by hit by ransomware. Um, look, you know, that's, as I said, the more common way. A less common, but a, probably a scarier method that we're, we're starting to see across other industries, but luckily I've yet to see this in pharmacy. Is, is where once you've um, downloaded the software, it's sitting there silently in the background and um, what it's actually doing is it's stealing your data. 
Um, and, and after the, um, the cyber criminals have your data, it, it then pops a message up on your screen saying we have a copy of it. Um, they look to redirect you to a website or provide some form of image to show you that they have your data. And, uh, you know, instructions are how to had a payer included. Um, and the reason that's evolved is that cyber criminals are trying to get around um, you using your, your backup to restore because there's nothing that you can do once the data's um, you know, left your premises. So the cyber criminals are very motivated, they're very intelligent. Um, and from our experience though, you only have about a 50-50 chance of getting your data back. Our recommendation is, is not to pay. Um, it, it encourages more attacks. Um, and I guess in, in context of pharmacy, the biggest change that we've seen in recent years is that pharmacies are now subject to the notifiable data breach scheme. Um, and quite simply, yeah, if that data breach um, is likely to result in serious harm to the individual whose data has been compromised, it, it's deemed notifiable and you're required to notify the Office of the Australian Information Commissioner and your customer within 30 days. Uh, and that of course has some very serious implications on the reputation of your business. Wow. I need to take a breath after that, Andrew. That That's very comprehensive, but also for people that might not be IT savvy and understand some of that, how it actually plays out, what it actually means. Because as we all know, there is still people out there that think it won't happen to me. But Adam, as you mentioned, you see it day in, day out, not just with big businesses, but with small and medium businesses as well. So I'm keen to hear some examples that you're able to share where businesses have been a victim of ransomware and what that actually looks like and how it plays out for a business. Unfortunately, we, we do see it all the time. We have examples of, of customers that have been hit by this ransomware that Andrew's talked about. One example, an accounting firm, they had a staff member received an email with a you know, interesting looking attachment. It's always something that looks really tempting to click on. And the example I always give is, oh, you know, bonuses for the month in an accounting firm. You can imagine how people would click on that. They go, oh, the bonuses, somebody missent that email. And then this, this malware, the ransomware spread across their entire network and it landed on the server that ran their accounting software. So that was entirely encrypted. For several weeks, they couldn't do any of their work because this accounting software, which everybody used, was encrypted. And the cyber criminals demanded $30,000 to decrypt that. So that's obviously a lot of money, but you can imagine um, compared to the business loss uh, that would occur from that outage, um, it's a really tough decision to have to make. We, we also had another um, manufacturing firm who, again, same situation, business owner clicked the email spread across their network because it wasn't isolated um, and then hit the little PC in the corner. Um, so they were actually able to restore all the, all the data on their own computers. They had backups, which was great, except for that one computer in the corner that was running the manufacturing process. They were manufacturing all these brilliant textiles and they had the recipes to make those textiles on that one computer. They didn't have it backed up um, and they were all just lost. So I think in both these instances, it's, it's an example of these businesses being critically reliant on technology. And, you know, 20, 30 years ago, if the computer shut down, we probably could have got on with our day. We would have been fine. Um, these days, it stops our work. And so the question is, you know, in your pharmacy, in your business, what computer systems are we critically reliant on? And what would happen if we lost our data and didn't have it back? or we couldn't get access to our computers for weeks at a time. And the answer is not pretty for most businesses. 
I'd agree. The answer is not pretty at all. So, Adam, I'm sure a huge part of your professional life at the bank is driving awareness of cybersecurity and helping business owners to understand that anyone in any industry can be the target of an attack. Working for a bank, can you talk to us a little bit about the issue of payment fraud and how that could affect not just a, a big bank, but a small business such as a pharmacy? Yeah, this is a really common one. I think people think that they're coming into the bank with balaclavas um, and you know, give us the cash and put it in the sack. Um, and that hasn't happened for years and years and years. And what we've realized is the cyber criminals are just going online and they're attacking the digital versions. And the banks, we've been able to put up the protections in place, but they're increasingly attacking um, the customer side of things. And if you have to think what, what, what are the payment fraud attacks occurring online, online payments, people think, oh, it's, it's the complicated malware. It's, um, it's really technical stuff. Actually, that has been decreasing and decreasing as we've upped and upped the technology. Now that malware, that technical component is 10%. 85% of the online fraud we see is social engineering. So that is where the, the cyber criminal isn't using hacking to get your money. They're using manipulation and influence to get you to give, that, to give them their money. Um, so that has just been a game changer. And it actually turns out installing an update was really easy, changing human behavior, changing our you know, human nature to trust people is actually way harder. So, so typically we see this in two forms. It's an email that comes in um, pretending to be maybe the pharmacy owner saying, or you know, the boss of the business saying, oh, I need this urgent payment to be made. We need this stock or product to come in. And then somebody in the business just trusts them because it comes from their name. They're, okay, I'll make that payment. And we see thousands of dollars leaving that way. Or we've seen a, a supplier getting attacked and they send an email saying, please just update our BSBN account number. We've changed banks. People say, no worries. And then the next payment um, goes into the attacker's account. So that, that's quite common. We also see banking Trojans coming in via email. So that is that malicious um, software. And that'll sit in the background and tamper any payments you send out, maybe $10 to Bob. They'll change it $10,000 to you know, Vladimir or somebody like that. Um, so that's, that's another concern we see. Adam, I understand for businesses that there's some protections available against payment fraud, some of those examples that you spoke about just earlier. Can you outline what they are and what a pharmacy should start to think about in terms of putting those protections in place? Absolutely. I, I recommend, yes, having a conversation with your bank about what are some technologies and bank-specific things that they might have an offer that I can put in place to up that security. Um, but that aside... Probably one of the most important things you can do in your pharmacy, in any business, is actually focusing on your people. And the, the key part for this is training your people, making sure that everyone in the business knows that these are real and live threats that, that could affect everyone. And I, I like the idea of printing out one of these phishing emails and just sticking it above the kettle in the kitchen um, and above the screen on the computer. And, and when one comes in and you've recognised it, printing it out and showing it to everyone, saying, look at this, look what I saw, just so everyone realises that these things are coming in all the time. Um, but that's obviously a very informal way of doing it. Um, there are formal ways you can, you can do training for your staff as well. We have some resources there. Another really important thing is having a really strong password on your email. We see a lot of this 
business email compromise, this email fraud occurring because somebody has a location-based name password or it's the name of their, their business is their password. The hackers overseas can hack into your email account and then they, they'll send an email to your staff members to the pharmacy email address and then somebody trying to be helpful, one of your staff members will will you know make the payment on your behalf and, and then you've, you've had fraud happen to you. I think the second point that, that supports that is also a really robust payment process. So really having strict guidelines around how and why we make payments and making sure we don't deviate from them. So if a request comes in to change the supplier's BSB and account number, we are really going to scrutinize that request and double check with the supplier, maybe with a phone call, um, just to verify it. If a payment request comes in, um, if I send an email to you asking you to make a payment, um, this is the process you should follow, even if I say it's urgent, even if I say it needs to happen right before um, you know, the closing time. All of these things are really important to make sure you don't become the victim of these online payment fraud. Adam, we're here to talk about cybersecurity and it's very tech focused, but a lot of the things that you just spoke about seem to be much more about focusing on on the humans and the processes and their understanding and how they see the world because they're the people that make the mistakes, not the IT. Is that correct? It's funny that you, you probably put it better than I could put it. And you, you're so close to it in cybersecurity that we probably can't realize it as clearly as that. But yes, essentially, 30 years ago, cybersecurity used to be all about the technology, zero-day exploits and, and smashing the stack and all this complicated jargon stuff. Actually, to their credit, the tech companies have gotten really good. They've upped their security. And now the path of least resistance is not the computers. It's the people behind the computers. So. 85% of the fraud we see in businesses in Australia for payment fraud is social engineering against those people. To 10% and even less is the technical stuff. So 100% um, your value for money is going to come from teaching people um, about these threats and making sure they're aware. And then, yes, the technology is important too, but, you know, there's antivirus. You can always click dismiss. Um, that. You know, the best technology in the world, the best password in the world isn't going to be any protection if you get fished by a cyber criminal and you give away your password, essentially. So that's a critical, important thing. I'm sure the listeners out there might correct me, but I think it was Sun Tzu who said that in an attack, we should focus the majority of our resources at the weakest point in their defense. And that used to be the IT, but now it's flipped and it's it's actually the people. So I'm sure... A lot of listeners are rushing off to change their passwords now, make sure that they're not location-based or their kids or their suburb or the business name. But to be fair, all jokes aside, Adam, identifying these sorts of behaviours can go a long way to helping pharmacies understand firstly their risks and then putting appropriate responses in place. Are you able to talk through some of the more common behaviours or actions that businesses often operate under that make cyber attacks easier, that they are those weak points for the attackers to go after? Yeah, absolutely. One of the key ones is passwords. I sound like a broken record sometimes, but these are literally the locks we have to our digital world. Um, but for some reason, we just go out there and pick the worst locks that we could possibly implement. Um, and, you know, we laminate our keys and put them I'd stick them to our monitors in the forms of a post-it note with our password on it. Uh, and when you look at this, the data, it, it's shocking, really. Um, yeah, the, the most common password is 123456, but that, that buries the lead a bit. 
Um, the actually far more common is people using names in passwords. 47% of people um, use a name in their password. But 42% of people are using a significant number, like an anniversary or a date. Uh, I can almost guarantee the pin to your, your phone is going to be a date. And then 14% are based on a location. And the problem with that is that's not unknown to the cyber criminals. They know this and they, they regularly create customized password lists targeting your specific business. So that's a huge thing. And really, you should be looking for other layers of protection in addition to a password such as second factor. The other one um, that is a massive concern for most organizations is phishing. So this is a social engineering email or an SMS designed to get you to click a link and give away your information or a password, or they just want you to click an attachment um, and install malicious software. And if you had to ask us at the bank, you know, what keeps you up? What, what really concerns you? What's the biggest challenge in cybersecurity? It's, yeah, not those hackers hacking into the mainframe. It is actually phishing. That is what keeps us up at night. That is the intractable problem to solve. And that's because it is incredibly effective and it's used in nearly every attack in some shape or another. Uh, and usually it'll, it'll be a customer inquiry or, or a payslip um, or, or an account that has been blocked. Um, and you just, you just click before you think and you just act on the email or the SMS. Um, and then, then they've gotten exactly what they need to get into your computer. So I, I always think a really good litmus test in, in your own organization, your own business is to say, if I sent an email to my staff member saying, please pay $10,000 into this account, or you know, a thousand dollars into this account, and if they had it, would they actually do it, or would they call me up and say, "This looks a bit suspicious. Should I do it?" And I think you'll find, scarily, that actually most staff members are trusting and compliant and trying to get things done. Um, and that begs the question: Well, what am I doing to mitigate this? How how am I protecting against this in the business? Um, I think. The other really important thing to, we often forget about is the physical um, security as well. So we're so concerned about computers and the internet. Um, but actually where you store your computers, um, the files, where you leave them is actually really important too. And a disgusting amount of data breaches, an embarrassing amount of data breaches occur in Australia um, due to people leaving files um, on a desk and, and them being stolen in that way. So. At the bank, for example, even though we're a very secure business and we have gates and lots of security, multiple layers of security, still, even inside our, our buildings, they are very strict about um, making sure that you lock away your computer. Every file has to be clear and not left on the desk. Um, it is really important to just write down to that, that low level, have that awareness. Uh, and then finally, I think the last thing is making sure you update software because that is a thing that we see people have the PC, hasn't been updated for years or months. Um, and I get it. A lot of people don't love updating software. I've never met somebody at, at the weekend that says, oh, what are you doing tomorrow? And they go, oh, Sunday, I've reserved it just to update my Windows. Uh, nobody loves that. I get it. Um, but it's actually really important because the software updates are actually fixing holes in, in these buildings and walls and stuff. And um, I don't think anyone would leave a broken window on their, their building, on their store. Um, but when we do that in computers, when we don't update, that's exactly what we're doing. Um, so we like to say delete software you don't need because it just reduces the number of windows. 
update the software you have, patch those windows so they don't have holes in them, and then automate. You can actually turn on in most apps um, a setting where it will just automatically update on, on your behalf. So that's much better than reserving your entire Sunday for updating software. I think that's some good advice. And, and the thing that strikes me about it, because you covered off things like making sure your passwords aren't weak, making sure people understand uh, phishing emails and what they look like, the physical and the document security in that clean working environment, and then updating the software. I like that advice because I think lay people, business owners who might not be tech savvy think, well, this ransomware it might cost me $30,000, but it's going to cost me six dollars to $8,000 to protect myself against it year over year. And so do is it really a, a cost that I can afford? But none of that that you spoke about is really about spending lots of money. It's about behaviors and making sure that we start off on the right foot with passwords and understanding phishing and, and, and putting documents away and making sure we update our software. So the good news is that there are behaviors and strategies that listeners can start to put into place today, right now, to reduce the risks. What are some of the more tangible or immediate actions pharmacies can take to tackle this problem? Uh, maybe step back a bit and, and think more broadly. I think it's about looking at your business, at your pharmacy and saying, what are actually the most important things for the, for my business? Uh, what are the most critical things? What are the most risky things in my business? Um, you know, for example, it could be confidential patient data. That might be your biggest risk um, as a business. It might just be uptime and availability to serve customers. So if we go down for a week, that's, that's the most important thing in my business. Or, or maybe it's it's plain old finances, and this affects every business. Um, you know, what would a thousand dollar hit to the business um, mean? So I think that's really important because you you can't know where to direct your efforts um, and what to prioritize unless you have a clear understanding of what is what makes up your business from a value point of view. What is the most critical things to your business? In terms of thinking about the cybersecurity risks, yeah, we've touched on um, the technology, but we've said it's actually not that important. There are kind of three things we talk about in terms of cybersecurity has been critically important, and that's people, process, and then finally technology. So the three of them working together. And you actually need to educate your people. Um, you need to build safe processes and behaviors into the team, um, and then you need to secure the technology as well. And, and I said it before, you can have the best antivirus in the world, but... Um, or, you know, best router protector machine. and um, But if you're getting fished, if you're willingly giving away your password because you don't know that these threats are out there, or even worse, your staff are doing it when you're not there and you can't have awareness, um, then it's going to be no use. So you really need all of those things working together. And ideally, they're going to work as multiple layers. So the antivirus might pick up one phishing email, um, but your, your one of your initiative staff members with a lot of initiative spots it and then because you have a culture, they, they share it around to all the other staff members and everyone gets protected. You can see, and, and maybe it's asking for a payment to be made, but the process stops it because they know they must call you before making a payment. All of these things can work together. Um, but it's really, yeah, it's really important that you have all of them because we see time and time again, the antivirus fails or the process you know, breaks down or we need multiple layers to, to make sure we're all protected. 
Andrew, you deal with businesses day in, day out, on the front line, helping them. What do you see as some of the actions pharmacies can take to start to tackle the problem? Because as I said, you see it day in, day out. You're helping businesses right on that front line. Where do you see it? Adam's spot on. Pharmacies are a a very busy retail environment, particularly recently now with COVID-19. They've got so much on their plate e-prescribing is happening, real-time prescriptions happening. And so quite often things do slip under the radar um, from, a, from a people perspective. And so I can't emphasise enough, you, you do absolutely need to invest in your people. You need to make them aware of, of what the risks are, how to spot a phishing email, um, you know, some form of cybersecurity training. And, and Adam then spoke to culture. It's important that, that cybersecurity is seen as, as something that is important to the business, that the risk is real and not something simply to be dismissed. Um, you know, understanding your own vulnerabilities is really important. Um, having a think about, um, you know, what is the most important thing in your business um, and, and how, do you, how do you protect that? Um, we see a lot of pharmacies um, wanting to do remote work. And so what we suggest to them is, look, if you want to do that, um, you know, ensure that whatever remote access tool that you're using, again, that the password is secure, the multi-factor authentication is turned on. Um, make sure that, um, you know, you're, you're running the latest version of, of Windows 10. You know, we know that pharmacies are still running Windows 7 because we see it, we deal with them every day. And, you know, Windows 7 hasn't been a supported operating system for, for years now. And so there's there's lots of risks out there associated with, with that. Um, you know, thinking about um, what to do in, a, in, a, in an emergency and, you know, your, your healthcare professionals, you know, you, you're dealing at different stages with, with um, emergencies from a health perspective. Many of the same principles apply from a um, type of security perspective. You know, what, what's your plan? What are you going to do? Um, have a think about, you know, things like quick reference guides or, you know, you know the doctor ABCD in the case of, of, of somebody needing help in that instance. You know, what is your business continuity plan? Now, how are you going to handle disaster? recovery if something does go wrong. You know, there's a really simple thing that, that can happen is that if you do see that a PC particularly has been compromised in the event of a ransomware attack, simply disconnect it from the network. You know, take it offline to stop trying to stop that lateral spread and, and contact your IT provider. But Adam, as Adam mentioned, you know, if your data has been stolen or your credentials have been stolen, you know, the, the technology that, that you have in place isn't going to necessarily protect you in, in, in that sense. But at the same time, it is important to have good technology in place because, you know, cyber criminals are looking for, for a, you know, a, a range of attack vectors to try and get into your business. So, look, we do recommend things like putting in a, a good firewall, um, you know, real-time monitoring in, in pharmacy in a uh, dispense and prescription perspective is, is something that's very front of mind. And we believe, too, that, that real-time monitoring from a... Um, uh, a cybersecurity point of view is is important to understand, um, you know, if there is a a, a a live breach that that you're able to identify it at that point in time, um, and you know, ensuring that you have a good backup in place, you know, and and Fred can help, and we we do have a um, a service. Um, a product in this space um, which is available for all pharmacies, regardless of your dispenser POS software. Andrew, is it fair to say that this is a space where preparation and prevention is of the utmost importance, i.e. it's not like a plumber or an electrician where we will probably only need them at the point in the time of the problem? It's absolutely preparation and planning. Yeah, you need you need to understand what to do, as I said, in the case of an emergency and how to prepare yourself for when that happens. But it's, it is about prevention in so much as ensuring that you've got the right um, practices in place to, to withstand a, an attack and how to, how to spot 
um, you know, those vulnerabilities when they occur. So, you know, we've talked a lot about phishing emails and, and email compromise, and, and that really is the significant risk. I mean, we do see that. We we run a, an email service for, for, for pharmacies, and we see every day, you know, hundreds and hundreds, thousands of, of, of phishing emails going through the system, and we do our best to block them, but, you know, invariably some do, some do get through. And so, you know, you, you can't be, um, you know, prepared enough to, to really understand how to spot a, a, a potential compromise um, and, and what to do in the case that it, it does occur. You mentioned some great resources a, a couple of minutes ago. Do you have any tips for our pharmacists and pharmacy staff listening today? Who can they go to for more information and what kind of resources exist to support them in this area? The first thing to, to think about is that you, you're not alone. Cybersecurity as, a, as an industry is something that uh, I think has is, is really moved forward in the last five or 10 years where there's a lot of sharing of resources. So everyone's working together to try and protect your business. And that's really important to understand that, that there is expert help out there to provide you that advice that, that you're not expected to be an expert in in cybersecurity. No, no one expects a pharmacist who is a, a brilliant healthcare professional to understand the details of, of cybersecurity and ransomware and phishing and zero-day exploits, as, as Adam mentioned earlier. Um, so, you know, you need to talk to your local IT provider. Um, they're a great resource to, to assist and help who you trust to, to provide you those sort of services. The Guild have some wonderful resources available as well. So contact your, your local Guild member um, for assistance and, and contact us, Fred. I mean, on our website, we have a range of articles um, and links to other resources. You know, contact your local state office. Um, you can call us, 1-800-888-828, and you can ask for me. I'm, I'm happy to talk to, to everyone. A key part of my job is, is talking to pharmacies and understanding what their problems are and how we can help solve them. Adam, Andrew mentioned that the industry is good at sharing resources and information. He's giving out the phone number so people can call him directly, but I'm sure you've also got some tips and some useful resources to share with the listeners in this space. Absolutely. And that's spot, what Andrew said is spot on. Uh, this is an industry problem that all Australians need to solve together Otherwise, we're, we're not going to get anywhere. It's, it's no, even the banks, we actually actively collaborate in the space of cybersecurity because it's an industry threat. And if the other banks are protected um, and their customers are protected, our customers are going to do better as well. So that is literally the mindset we come from uh, in, in real life regards to cybersecurity. That's why I go out and, and speak to businesses um, every day. So we have a few resources available for businesses. One of them is actually for one of the trickier problems. How do I create a cybersecurity culture in my team awareness? It's all good and well to have experts on a podcast, but how do I spread that in my business? We actually have an e-learning that we have um, for our own staff that was really well regarded. Staff loved it and it won a bunch of awards. So we decided to white label it and remove all the logos um, and make it available for free to all Australian businesses. So it's fun little gamified e-learning. You can distribute in an afternoon to all your staff and, and you can monitor how they're, they're doing that um, e-learning, making sure they're knowing and learning about these cybersecurity threats. You can visit combank.com.au slash secure your business to access that free e-learning. Um, but in terms of just other kind of takeaway pieces of advice, uh, passwords, I, I can't, go on enough about passwords, really important to make sure they're unique and nice and long because that gives you a nice, long and strong password. If you've got multiple people using the same logins, um, maybe for a, you know, a prescribing website or other shared resources, 
what you might want to consider is something called an enterprise password manager. And, and that means that everyone can have an account to a password manager and they can log in and access those shared passwords for the business. Um, but they never see it and you can change them when a staff member leaves. I certainly know a few businesses uh, that I was involved with, but I, I still have the, the business password imprinted in my head. So that's not the situation you want to be in. Um, and finally, the Australian government is doing a great job at making resources available um, through the Australian Cybersecurity Centre. And they've published a cybersecurity small business guide, which is a fantastic read, a real nice 101 on how to get up to speed on, on cybersecurity, as well as producing some first aid guides. Um, so they've got one coming out very soon on ransomware. And this is designed, I, I mean, if I were a business owner, I would have this printed and sitting on the desk and you're meant to pull it up when a ransomware attack occurs and it's got the steps to follow there. And obviously you engage your managed IT service provider to, to give you that ongoing support and remediation um, after the effect. But they'll have a brilliant um, whole series of, of first aid guides coming out. So definitely check them out. Andrew, you briefly mentioned earlier that Fred IT Group has a product in this space that can help pharmacies. And I think as we start to wrap up this chat, I think it would be useful for the listeners to hear a little bit more about that product and, and how it can help pharmacies. We do. It's it's called Fred Protect. It's something that we've designed for small business and it addresses many of the issues and the vulnerabilities that we spoke about today. Look, the first thing though I'd like to mention is that is it is a product that we've designed for all pharmacies. So we don't care whether you're a Fred customer or not. Um, if you're using any dispense or point of sale system, um, Fred Protect is something that is compatible with all of those systems. And we'd be more than happy to talk to you about um, using it in, in those pharmacies. And we already do have a number of, of non-Fred pharmacies using the product. So as I mentioned, it, it, it does tackle the, the people process and technology um, challenges that we talked about. And the, the, the people aspect of it is, is really important. So what we do is a, a quick assessment that looks at any of the really obvious vulnerabilities that, that are in the system. Things like, do you have antivirus on every PC? Are you using remote access tools? And have they got complex and secure passwords, et cetera? Um, and if there's anything obvious, we'll call those out and, and have a chat to you about what you can do to address those. Importantly, and one of the probably the key components of it is that we do provide access to professionally produced security awareness training. So we'll send you a, a link to a video that talks about many of the topics that, that we spoke about today, you know, ransomware, phishing emails, um, what is a notifiable data breach scheme? And these are short five to 15, 20 minute videos. They're animated, um, very simple to understand, and they really help raise the awareness of, of uh, cybersecurity within the, the small business setting and, and how you can do it. And, and they're terrific um, to, to, to make as a, a regular resource for your, for your team. We provide some documentation. So really simple things like an incident response guide, a grab and go guide, even a, even a jargon buster, which helps people understand the, the language that, that they use. And, and they're not lengthy documents by any means. They're, they're short, sharp, um, things that you could stick to a fridge or a wall and, and help people understand what to do in the case of, a, of an emergency. And then from a, a technology perspective, what we're looking at doing is providing two key components. There is a piece of hardware that we put in there. Uh, it's a firewall that does intrusion prevention and detection. But essentially what um, that means is that it, it blocks known bad IP addresses. So if there's an attack or, or ransomware that's regularly being downloaded from a particular um, IP address, the device updates every four hours and blocks those. So it really helps prevent 
the malware getting onto your system in the first place. And the key component of it, though, is a security operation center. So we have a team that monitor your network live in real time, 24-7, 365. And they're looking for any unusual activity on the network, any suspicious activity. And we've actually had an instance where just recently, just over the, the last week or two, we had a call from the security operations center alerting us to a pharmacy that uh, had a critical event. It was time-bombed. It was malware that had been sitting on the system for a little while. It started to activate on the weekend. We tried to contact the store. They were actually closed. And so we, through the way we've set the system up, was we're able to isolate the machine, shut it down safely, and stop that malware spreading across the network. Luckily, it didn't get onto any of their PCs that has the dispense data on it, and they had absolutely no impact to the running of their business whatsoever. So that's a, an example of, of the system actually working and helping in that instance. And, and lastly, how do you know what we're doing and how we're doing it? We, we provide a monthly report with you know, highlighting all the incidents and events that, that occurred during that time. And uh, it's amazing what you actually see when you start looking, um, how many different events that, that, that there actually are. And look, that's a really quick summary of the plan and, and how it works. As I said, designed for small business, doesn't matter whether you're a Fred customer or not. We've tried to price it really competitively. It's not something that's overly expensive. We've targeted it specifically for pharmacy. If you'd like to talk to us about it, just give us a buzz on our sales line. I mentioned it earlier, one 888 or our website, fred.com.au, has a lot of information on there as well. Outstanding. Andrew McManus, General Manager, Managed Services at Fred IT Group, and Adam Smallhorn, Cyber Analyst for Combank's Cybersecurity Team. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your expertise and advice on cybersecurity for pharmacies. Great. Thanks, Daniel. Really appreciated your time. Thanks for having us. The Guild is committed to supporting the industry's transition to a digital environment. This episode is part of a series on digital enablement in community pharmacy, focusing on digital foundations, cybersecurity, and more. Members also have access to the Guild Digital Health Hub, designed to support members in accessing authoritative information and guidance on community pharmacy-related digital health initiatives and opportunities. Simply visit guild.org.au to find out more. Guild Ed is working hard to develop an upcoming learning module on cybersecurity awareness. The module will provide an overview on cybersecurity risks for organisations. Keep an eye out for it on guilded.guild.org.au. Fred Protect is a service offered through Fred IT Group that provides exceptional cybersecurity protection tailored for all pharmacies. Fred Protect is a real-time 24-7, 365 service designed to protect your pharmacy from cybersecurity incidents without impacting the running of your business. Visit fred.com.au forward slash what hyphen we hyphen do forward slash services forward slash fred hyphen protect for more information. Also, be sure to check out the Fred Cybersecurity Risk Checklist. Simply visit fred.com.au forward slash what hyphen we hyphen do forward slash services forward slash fred hyphen protect forward slash cyber-security-checklist. The Commonwealth Bank of Australia offers a wide range of practical cybersecurity advice for Australian small businesses. Members can browse articles and information on business security and even enrol in a free cybersecurity e-learning course. Visit combank.com.au forward slash support forward slash security forward slash how hyphen to hyphen protect hyphen your hyphen business dot html. I've been your host, Daniel Oyston, and you've been listening to episode 59 of the PBCN Podcast. The PBCN Podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. For more resources, to access support or advice, or to view this episode's show notes, visit guild.org.au.